Good morning. Of course, today's Palm Sunday, uh, and boy, the, the trumpets really added to the sense of uh, the joy of the day of Palm Sunday, and then David reading that thing, that was, you'll have to tell me later who wrote that. Um, that was impressive. Uh, it's the day before, it's the Sunday before uh, you know, Easter, so Palm Sunday, happy, 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 but then it gets less happy, less happy through the week, and then we have Friday, a solemn day, and then we have super happy uh, when we get to uh, Easter. Uh, now, many, as David had read, many that came as Jesus was coming into the city, they were all, there were some that didn't like Jesus, but many liked Jesus, but they didn't all like him for the right reasons. One of the main reasons was, we need to get rid of the Romans, and we need a king to get rid of uh, the Romans. So there was a mixed uh, crowd. Now, if you've heard the word now several times from the opening song, there's this word, Hosanna. And we'll try and explain what in the world uh, that word uh, means. And uh, sort of the uh, goal of the sermon is that you understand what Hosanna means and we're going to see this is connected to Psalm 118. Second one, that you're happy. It's a happy word, as we're going to see. That you're happy, and in your mind, you at least say sometimes, hey, I'm a Hosanna Christian. And we'll try and make that all make sense. So we're going to learn what the word Hosanna means from Psalm 118. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll say to yourself, hey, I'm a Hosanna a Christian. If you will, let's stand for reading the Word of God, and I'll read uh, from Mark, and that'll be sort of toward the end if you have your bulletin there, uh, and then we'll go later back to uh, Psalm 118. So here Jesus is coming in uh, to Jerusalem, Mark 11:8. I'll start there. And many spread their cloaks on the road and spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we in a happy way yell out internally and occasionally out loud, Hosanna. Thank you, O Lord, for saving us. I pray this in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may be seated. We're going to find out that Hosanna word is going to come from Psalm 118, verse uh, 25. But we're going to explain Psalm 118 so you have a sense of what's going on. Now, uh, Psalm 118, there's a, we call it a Davidic king, meaning he's in the line of David. Don't tell us which king it is. He's, there's been bad guys outside of Israel that's going to be a little war. He has the war, but also the bad guys outside of Israel, there's some bad guys inside of Israel that don't like the king for a particular reason, doesn't tell us why they don't like him. So he has enemies on the outside. He has enemies 
on the inside. Uh, and there's, you're going to see many fa somewhat famous verses from this psalm. And when I read some of these, you're going to be like, oh, I've heard of that verse. And many of them are actually connected, uh, quoted in the New Testament, including our Hosanna word. You're also going to see that Psalm 118 is very rhetorical and it repeats things and uh, you can tell it, it would be a wonderful psalm to sing or read in a uh, Old Testament worship service. Uh, so we're going to see uh, several of those features. So I'm, gonna, I'm marching to verse 25, um, and I'll go past 25 a little bit, and then the rest of the sermon will really be about uh, verse 25, which has the Hosanna word in it. Okay, allow me to read the first four verses, and then I'll make a few comments. And you'll see the rhetorical flavor here starting off. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And your brain may know that from Psalm 118, but there's another Psalm 136, which is repeated over and over again. Verse 2, let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the, all those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Now, like many Psalms, it starts out sort of, God is great, God is great, but you don't know what angle of God's person or his actions is so great and you got to read further in the psalm so we got to read further to see what what are they praising about God now interestingly in this one what's going to get the 5 to 18 it's the personal story of that king and so we're going to read that and you'll see uh, as we work through starting at verse 5 out of my distress okay it's a king he's going to go to battle I called on the Lord the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? By the way, that verse is quoted in the book of Hebrews and is applied to uh, Christians. Uh, do not fear. Uh, what can man do to me? Verse 7. He's going to repeat it. The Lord is on my side as a helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. And then he's going to have a, almost a little parenthesis. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than the trust in men. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than the trust in princes. And that line is repeated in uh, many uh, psalms. Verse 10. All nations surround me. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. They surround me. Surround me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. And in verse 12, he uses a metaphor. They surround me like bees. Like, you know, he's trying to get the honey and a bunch of bees are around him. Uh, they went out. They, the bees, went out like a fire among thorns, meaning I, I killed them. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I pushed hard, but I was falling. But the Lord helped me. Verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now that's quoting from Exodus 15, right after they come across the Red Sea. Moses has a big long psalm or poem or hymn that he sings, and this is from that, the, the military uh, victory. Also notice the word salvation. That's going to relate to our Hosanna word when we get there. Verse 15, glad songs of salvation. Again, the salvation word. Uh, are, the tent, are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does violent, uh, valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. 
the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live, and I will recount the deeds of the Lord. Hopefully you will recount the deeds of the Lord, and hopefully you do, and will continue to. Verse 18, now the king is not perfect. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he is not giving me over to death. So it's a difficult battle. He knows he's not perfect, but he does win uh, the battle. Okay, so he wins the battle. Now, like many of the Psalms, and Psalm 24 that we read as our confession of faith, good job, uh, a lot of times a king will have a victory and then they're marching up to Jerusalem and then they're marching up to the temple. And that's what's happening here. Verse 19. Open to me the gates of the righteous that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. He's won the victory. He's going to go give thanks to the Lord. Verse 20. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you to God that you have answered me and have become my salvation. Again, that's our salvation word that'll come up with Hosanna. And now verse 22. The stone, that's the king, he's the strong stone. The stone that the builders rejected, that's the inside people, some of them didn't like the king. That stone has become the cornerstone, meaning the main stone. It has won the victory. Now that verse... Notice it says that the king, people didn't like him, and then he won the victory. And then that patterns Jesus, his humiliation through the week, and then his victory on Sunday. And that verse is quoted umpteen times in the New Testament. Jesus quotes it about himself, and then uh, several of the uh, writers of the New Testament later quote that. It's a very famous verse. Jesus the stone. The builders rejected him Friday. But he's become the main victory, the cornerstone uh, of uh, the church. A very, and that's a sermon in itself, but we're not on that one there. Verse 23. This, referring back to the stone and the rejected then victory, this is the Lord's doing that he won the victory. It is marvelous in our eyes. And that gets quoted in the New Testament also. Then 24, this, referring back to the stone victory, this is the day that the Lord has made. It is, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now many ministers uh, begin uh, worship services with that verse. I don't know if uh, David or Nate, uh, Chris uh, do. Uh, you know, if you had no context, you would think it's talking about creation. This is the day that the Lord has made. But the, what it means is, in context, this is the day of salvation that the Lord has made. Of course, God is both our creator and our redeemer, so it's okay to use it for creation. Okay, verse 25, which is our key verse, but I'm going to skip it for the moment, and let me finish the psalm, and I'll come back to 25. Okay. Uh, I'll read 25. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Okay, verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's quoted on Palm Sunday and a bunch of other places in the New Testament. 
uh, and then verse, uh, second half of 26, we bless you. Now the you there is plural, and the we apparently are the priests in the worship service blessing the king and maybe his soldiers, or maybe he's blessing the whole congregation. We don't know for sure, but the first half, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that's certainly the king. Then the second half is sort of, and everybody gets blessed by that. Okay, verse 27, and he's now going to wrap up. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice, so they're coming to the temple and there's some sacrifices there. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords, the animal, uh, up to the horns of the altar. Uh, 28, you are my God, I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. And the verse 29 is going to repeat verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, seeing the context of the psalm, let's go to 25. Okay, that word save, that's, our, that's in Hebrew, and I'll explain little details about it, but that's our Hosanna word. Save, Hosanna. Us we pray, and actually the us we pray is not in the Hebrew, but it's, uh, it's, it's appropriate for the translators to put that in there. Uh, for, uh, for the English reader to understand it. So save, O Lord. Lord, we pray, give us success. Now, interestingly, so save, that's our word, it's actually, it's, a, it's an imperative or a request. Uh, save, and it's singular, meaning you, God, save, save. Now, interestingly, in Hebrew, uh, if you want to give extra oomph, to an imperative, you put the word na on the end. You know, be like if my wife said to me, uh, honey, take out the garbage, na, you know, oomph, a uh, little power to it. Uh, and so some of the really famous imperatives in the Old Testament, they add the little na, and that's the end of the Hosanna, na, as we're going to explain in a second. Uh, so now, Interestingly, also notice that our saved word, in one sense, they've already been saved. The, the king has won the victory. But in another sense, they know they need God to continue to save them, so to speak, materially. But they're in a worship service, so it's also in the sense of spiritually. Save us. You showed us a little bit of your saving, but save us. Also notice they're admitting we can't save ourselves. You need to save us. And they're happy to say, I can't save myself. That's a happy thought for them. Uh, save. We can't do it to ourselves. Someone else needs to do it. And of course, in the New Testament, we'll get a little later to this, but in the New Testament, save this king. It's really the Lord saving us through the king. And then as we find out in the New Testament, this all merges into Christ. He is truly God. He's also truly man. He is the Savior. The whole trinity, in a sense, is the Savior. But he is the Savior. Uh, and we need saving. In many ways, spiritually, we're sinners. Uh, he saves us from the guilt of our sin. 
We need the ability to do good works. He gives us that ability to do good works. Our bodies are falling apart. We need perfect bodies. We'll get that in the new heavens and new earth. The Lord Jesus Christ will save us. Okay, now Hebrew lesson. Quiz on Monday. Okay, in Hebrew, uh, this would be Hoshia Na. So save. And then it sort of gets shortened into the New Testament instead of four syllables down to three. Hoshana. Hoshana. And you hear a little SH in there. And then you say, well, what happened to the SH? Uh, well, in Greek, there is no SH, they only have S's. Uh, so when they brought it into the New Testament, now notice in your English Bibles, it, it doesn't say the word save, they what we call transliterate. It gives a Hebrew word, it's like the word hallelujah. And so you're supposed to know this word. Uh, so uh, in uh, Hebrew it would be uh, hoshana, and then there's no SH, it's changed to an S, hosana in Greek, but in English, if we have an S in front of an accent and syllable, we change it into a little Z. So you probably say it with a little Z. Hosanna. Again, Quiz Monday. Okay, now another angle here is that verb to save is related to the word salvation, which I pointed out three times uh, in there. Salvation, Yeshua. You may have heard that word occasionally. And then Jesus' name is related to the Hebrew word save. The noun, Yeshua, and then uh, Jesus' name is very similar to that. Now you may say, well, what happened to the Y? Well, the Y went to Greek, which went to German, and went to English, and it turned into a J. So that's why we don't say Jesus. We say uh, Jesus. And again, the SH goes away because uh, Greek doesn't have it. So the noun salvation, the name Jesus, and the verb to save, Hosanna, uh, are all uh, connected words. So in sum, verse 25, where it says save, that's hosanna, it's an imperative, it's said with some oomph, and in context it's said with joy. We're happy. Save us. We need saving. We thank you for what you have done, but we know we need saving. Save us, spiritually, materially, and in all ways. Okay, let's go to Mark. So now in your bulletin or in your Bibles, Mark 11, 8 through 10. Now, of course, we were reading from Psalm 118. In the Passover week, and also in another festival, the Tabernacles week, we know from, well, little hints in the New Testament, and then we have documents about 200 A.D., that tell us that primarily they were singing all over the city. They were singing during the Passover meal Psalms 113 to 118. 113 to 118. And of course, we're at 118. So Psalm 118 is in the air, let alone uh, all the, some of the factoids that uh, David read. Uh, they don't like the Romans and... They had heard about some of these miracles and this teacher, uh, Jesus. Uh, so uh, the crowds, look at verse 9. He's coming in. 
And those who went before him, those who follow him, and they put down the, some of their garments and some uh, palm branches, they sing out, quoting right from Psalm 118, Hosanna, verse 25, then blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, verse 26, then verse 10, blessed is the name, is the coming of the kingdom of our father David, see how they connected to a, a David-eyed, a uh, Messiah, and then they say, Hosanna, they repeat it again, in the highest. And what it means in the highest most likely means even up in heaven where the angels are and departed believers, they should be singing out, happy, save us. So it should be all over the place. On earth and in heaven, we should be saying, Hosanna. And then also, the next day, Monday, children see Jesus walk by, and this was part of the song we sang at the beginning, they say Hosanna uh, to the uh, son of David, and they say Hosanna in the highest. So as we can see, this Hosanna word, by the time of the New Testament, coming from Psalm 118, has become like a catch praise word. So it's sort of a combination of catchy word and save. I need to be saved. It's a catchword. Okay. Now for us today. Again to repeat, Hosanna mechanically means an imperative, save. Said to one person, God, save. And it has oomph added to it. It has the na on the end. Hosanna. So it's a mechanical save us. And in the context of the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's a kind of joy word and becomes almost a catchphrase to say, hey, things are great. Hosanna. It's saying, I need saving and I'm happy the Lord is doing it, that I can't save myself. I need saving and I'm happy that the Lord is doing it to me. Now, I don't know much about singing, but I was impressed, and I don't know much about music, and again, the gentlemen were impressive. Although, in my goofy background, at least one Hosanna song I know. When I was 13, Jesus Christ Superstar, any of the older crowd, uh, I've seen some Heads Shake, came out when I was 13. All I cared about was sports, but... Um, uh, my dad was a minister, and so my dad was trying to figure out what's going on with this. I remember we went and had pizza with the choir director and their family, and the choir director, my dad and mom, listened, read through the words and listened to Jesus Christ Superstar, and my dad quickly figured out it's pretty heretical, uh, sacrilegious. I wasn't paying attention. Um, and there were a couple songs that eventually became what we called On the Radio. From that it became a play and then it became a movie for the younger people in the crowd that don't know Jesus Christ Superstar. And one of the, at least for me, and I even remember that day that we met with the choir director, there was this catchy um, chorus. And then as I was preparing the sermon, this reminded me of that catchy sermon. You know, I went to the YouTube and... Uh, there it was. Okay, I'm going to read the catchy uh, chorus, and you could see that the writer of this chorus, in a sense, 
pretty well gets it. It's a happy thing. Um, again, it's a little sacrilegious, uh, but the whole thing is sacrilegious, not what I'm going to read. Okay, here it is, and I'll try not to sing it because I can't, but uh, Hosanna, hey Zanna, Zanna Zanna, ho, Zanna hey, Zanna ho, Zanna, hey JC, that's Jesus, hey JC, JC, won't you smile at me, as you know, as he's walking uh, through the crowd, Zanna ho, Santa, hey, superstar, is how the, the song goes. Again, I can't sing. Okay, the music's upbeat, and if you heard the music, and maybe you'll run home and get it on your YouTube. Uh, Jesus Christ, superstar, Hosanna, it'll pop up. Uh, and it sounds, and the tune is very kind of happy. Um, and maybe the rest of the Jesus Christ, superstar is pretty terrible, uh, theologically. Although this one kind of matched what was going on. The crowd was happy. Some were happy for the wrong reasons, but the crowd was happy. It's upbeat. It's catchy. Uh, that works. Now, there's another song that I didn't really know that much about, but uh, uh, I found out about it, and it's by a, a modern group called Hillside. They're an Australian kind of praise band, and they have a, a song called Hosanna in the Highest, if some of, the, some of, some of you know that. And I... I didn't know the lyrics really, but I read the lyrics, and they're about being saved. So that, that matches. Hosanna, saved. Um, now the song is a little, it's not a happy, happy, happy song. Um, and the chorus repeats a million times. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Uh, but the words about saving could be a little more upbeat to match the Hosanna in my humble, non-musical opinion, uh, but fair enough. Okay, for you today. Hosanna, a shout of praise. I need saving, and I'm happy someone else is doing it. Do you feel happy? Now, a lot of parts of the Christian life aren't happy, 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 but this part is. This part of the scripture is. Do you feel happy you can't save yourself? Do you feel happy your sins are forgiven? Do you feel happy the Holy Spirit has given you the ability, not perfectly, but to do good works in this life? Do you feel happy the end run, the end game of new heavens and new earth? Do you feel happy? Do you admit I can't save myself. Of course, uh, you look at the whole world and there's many problems. You look at our country, okay, we have problems, but relative to the rest of the world, you know, things are pretty good in America. Um, so there can be a sense we don't need saving. I assume everyone in the room realizes, okay, at some surface level, you know, there's a kernel of truth to that. But you the Bible declares you're a sinner and you need saving. Everyone in the room realizes, you know, death is coming. You need saving. But think of it, an aspect of the Bible is, I'm happy. I need 
saving. Hosanna. Uh, in the psalm, it had the line, I will recount the deeds of the Lord. You, in your own mind, recount the deeds of the Lord and occasionally be nice to say it to someone else. Say it another way. Are you a Hosanna Christian at some level? Are you a happy Christian? You like to say, Hosanna! In the big picture, seeing the biggest of the pictures, life is good, and the end game is phenomenal. Hosanna! I'll end by reading our text again from Mark. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches as they had cut from the field. And those who went before and those who were following were shouting, and hopefully you're shouting it for the right reasons, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, given all the difficulties of this life, have us see the aspect of happy Hosanna. I pray this in the name who is the blessed one who comes, Jesus Christ. Amen.